Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Club. This is the place everyday real estate investors gather to share their best stories, biggest insights, and favorite tactics to grow a portfolio of cash-flowing properties in today's market. Here's your host, Gabe Peterson. All right, we are back with another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. Today, we have Jim Fredo with us from Spring Capital Partners. Uh, Jim has, like a lot of guys on this show, a breadth of experience, which we love to see. Jim has been in single family, multifamily, flips, you name it. He's been there. Um, so Jim, thanks very much for hopping on the show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I told you right before we got on here, we like stories. We like to start or to hear how people got to where they are today. I'm sure you got a good one. So why don't you take us back to the beginning? How'd you get started in real estate? Oh, beginning was fun. <laughs> so after my MBA, I, I ended up uh, startups and popped around a bit, ended up in corporate life. And at the end of that, I realized I wasn't getting paid for the results. Mm, yep. And I stumbled across the book. I'm sure most of your, your listeners have heard of this, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yep, I had yep, a daughter on the way. My daughter was on the way and I thought this was about parenting. Well, it wasn't, but it changed my life and uh, made me decide to go into real estate and made a plan and made it work. I love it. It's funny. You thought it was about parenting. I did. <laughs> it's a good parenting book, actually. Like well, he does uh, have some books for teens, so it's it's relevant. Yep, yep, yep. Um, yeah, that's definitely a, uh, we're, we're expecting our first coming up here in a few weeks. And that's definitely a book I'm going to have my daughter read is rich dad, poor dad. It's what got me started. What got a lot of guys out there started. So great, uh, great start to your journey there. Um, and I was reading, you didn't say it here, but I was reading in your, in your bio that you submitted to me that you were at Symantec, right? The, uh, yes. software. Yes. Nice. I, yeah. uh, I used to, uh, love that software and hate it just because of all the pop-ups that were happening with <laughs> semantics. Pop-ups were after my time. Yep. Um, but I'm glad, you know, you used real estate as a way to escape what was not in line with your values. You know, the corporate world works for some people, doesn't work for others, didn't work for you. You used real estate to escape. Um, so tell Absolutely. us about the beginning. Like what was your first, your first, couple of uh, deals, your first foray into real estate once you decided like red, rich dad, poor dad, this is the route I want to take. Well, my first deal was an absolute disaster. <laughs> I, I made every mistake you could possibly make in that one single deal, shared utilities, crappy building, crappy neighborhood. Uh, it was sold with a cap rate, I think 21%, which is great if you keep it filled and they don't destroy the place and they pay their rent. Uh, it was a I, I lost everything I put into it. It was, but the learning lessons still with me today. And uh, one other thing that, that hurt with that was I had W2 income. I had actually good income. So I, I kept funneling money into this and the money covered the mistakes until mm. it didn't, you know, it just couldn't cover it anymore. And then when I revamped later, I didn't have the money and I was smarter with my investments. So Every mistake I could have made, I did on that first deal, and I'm still here. 
Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's good to have a lot of capital reserves, but also I feel like you're right. Once you if you have a lot of money that you can use to cover up, to use as a band-aid, cover up mistakes, then you're less likely to put the attention that you need to into each deal. So um that sucks. That first one wasn't a home run for you. Uh, but it sounds like you learned the lessons you needed to learn. Um, what if you could pick out maybe one or two major lessons that you feel uh kind of was the lesson of that first deal? Um, what would you pick out? Shared utilities was a huge one. Uh, I will never do it again. Now, I know on some big multifamily, you've got rubs and other things, and I'm reconsidering it. I'm open to water on multifamily, but never heat. This was shared heat, and it was just... Oh, interesting. Uh, they would break the, the box off the thermostat, set the heat to 85, crank the windows for fresh air, and walk around in their shorts. So okay, it sticks with me. So I'm really hesitant with shared utilities. It, uh, I think right. it's a disaster in general. Yeah, and so yeah, I mean, uh, we, I've I've dealt with shared utilities in the past. I've I've never had a huge issue with it. But what you just said makes sense. So you guys had one meter for your electricity. Yes, and and each tenant were you you weren't billing back. No. Okay. No, another learning lesson. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Okay. So it does regardless of the electricity that that used, you know, they they were didn't have to pay for it. They're like, whatever, we're just gonna deal with this. However, we're gonna, you know, crank every utility, use every every <laughs> single electronic we have in our house. Are you questioning my wisdom now? So like I said, <laughs> every every possible mistake. No, yeah, no, and and there's no, you know, I'm not not saying that you did anything wrong. It definitely hits you in the I learned. You, you I learned, learned a lesson. Absolutely. Those are things that every investor goes through when they just start out. They, these small things like shared utilities, there's so much to know in real estate and there's a lot of mistakes you can make, um, which is why it's great to have mentors to learn from people. But if you do make those mistakes, don't beat yourself up. Everybody goes through no. it. Everybody learns crazy mistakes like shared utilities. Um, yeah. So no shame in that. Glad you learned the lesson. Once you did lose the money on that first deal, what, uh, how did it go? You know, how'd you find your traction? So I was in LA at the time buying properties out of state, another learning lesson. So relocated to Pittsburgh, which is where I've been based since I didn't know the neighborhood and I was very conservative with how I approached things. So the first two deals actually came from single seller and I had discovered installment land contracts. And I used that to hedge uh, hedge my situation. So I didn't need the money going in. And if things went really bad, there's a cap of what you can lose. Turned out they were amazing purchases. So uh, so I just, I went into it with no money and figured out how to make it work with no money and better investments as a result. All right. So um, you mentioned you invested out of state and you said that was a mistake? It was because I needed a property manager. It was in a, it was in a town that didn't have a lot of property managers. Hmm. Uh, I was definitely getting ripped off and I eventually had a, a tenant managing it, which was a little bit better, but it still didn't go very well. So I'm, I'm a big advocate of you need boots on the ground. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you're doing big multifamily, you can travel there and you have, big management companies, but on smaller projects, you really need to have boots in the ground. So if you're not there, I think you really need to have someone who can keep an eye on it and, and make sure it's going well. Mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. So this deal, this, uh, this out of state deal, it was how many units was it? 18. Okay. that's not super small. That's, you know, that's within range of, um, property managers being interested. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) The one property manager in that town. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. And it sounds like you didn't know the neighborhood. You didn't do the research. Was it a high crime area? High, you know, a lot of property damage, that kind of stuff. I thought I knew the neighborhood because I grew up in the general area, but yeah, it was high crime, um, lots of poverty. Mm. People didn't pay their rent, um, gave chances to people who came in and set up drug operations from day one. And yeah, yeah, those just, lessons, I mean, I've learned it myself. Um, when I first had my first duplex, I was, uh, I, you know, I, Somebody said they couldn't pay rent. I was like, okay, can you get it to me in a couple of weeks? And they're like, yeah. I said, okay, I'll, I'll let it go this time. A couple of weeks came by, still didn't have the rent. She says, oh, I'll get it for my family members. Still didn't have it the next time I talked to her, but she had a new car. And I was like, wait a second here. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Uh, so again, no, no, you know, we all learned those lessons. Um, since those first few deals, are, are you guys still, you're still looking at multifamily? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so we did some flips, we did some single families, duplexes, and we've been growing in the unit count since, you know, six units, uh, we're up into the twenties and we're looking for bigger. Okay. Um, and it's basically the same process over and over for us. Yep. Makes, so you guys, uh, you mentioned you're doing the Burr method. You guys yes. like to refinance, keep it in your portfolio, move yeah. that capital onto the next deal. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. So take me take me through the process of one of your most recent deals that you have already executed the burr on. Uh, my favorite one was actually a few years ago when the pandemic hit. Okay. Uh, six unit. We bought it for one hundred and twenty five thousand. The seller was being tracked down twenty five thousand for six units. We're, we're, we're in Pittsburgh, so oh, okay. <laughs> prices, prices have gone up, but but this this building was in bad shape. It needed needed some love. The yeah. fire escape, you weren't escaping. Uh, the borough was going after the seller because of that. Um, some bad tenants that wanted to get out, but we couldn't get out before the uh, pandemic hit. Mm. So we were stuck with them until after the pandemic. But the the short version of it is we went in there. We, I think we put 50000 to renovating this place, which probably seems like little to your viewers, but it goes a long way here, or it did. Uh, I think today that building is worth about 650,000 cash flows really well, uh, got rid of the bad tenants. And the day after we closed the, the seller called, we were, we were talking and the seller thanked me. He said, I slept so well last night <laughs> and a little twist to the story. His brother lived in that building and he was breaking his lease to move early after we moved in and we started doing the renovations. He not only renewed, he's been there ever since and he's been terrific tenant. All right, there you go. I love it. So that's a that's a big gain. What you bought this in? You said 2020 is yes. so it's COVID time. Yeah, March okay. of 2020. Yeah. So in a couple of years, you've more than doubled the value of the property. Um, has Pittsburgh? I don't know Pittsburgh as a metro very well. I know it's it's great for flips. I know there's a lot of volume there. Um, in terms of you know price per unit, price per door, what is the average today? It really does vary. Uh, I can still see 50 per door. I bought some recently. It was hundred per door, which seems like a lot to me, but you know, when I first moved here 12 years ago, you could buy houses that were livable for 50,000. So things have changed. (laughs) 
Yeah, uh, I'm in Seattle, and so those numbers just seem absurd to me. <laughs> I lived in LA; they still seem absurd to me. But. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty cool. So, looking onto the horizon, you guys, you found your you found your formula. You're looking for small multis, uh, small to mid multis, and you're in the the East Coast in P- Pittsburgh area. Uh, is this the model that you're going to be pursuing, or have you? Are you guys? Are there pivots that you need to make within your business um, to kind of get to the next level that you're looking at? So the, I have made some pivots. I've I've got a partner I'm working with who has experience with large multifamilies. So we are looking to get 150 units or, or more in the Pittsburgh area. There aren't a lot of those buildings around. So we will probably be looking in surrounding counties to find that. Uh, but while we're doing that, I'm still buying whatever multis come along. So I'm a bit of an opportunist. If it's a good deal, I'll take it. But definitely focusing on bigger muting and on bigger units. So and if you're I mean, it sounds like you're really hyper focused in the Pittsburgh market. And so yeah. if you're if you're in one market, what I love about being market focused is that those small deals will make sense still because you already have the operations going in that area. Um, if yeah. you're going into a new market, then yeah, you got to you got to no. buy the bigger deals because you can't buy a ten unit and have it make sense mm-hmm. in in just a completely new market where you have to find all the new all the new operators boots on the ground to work with. So absolutely um, love that. And so 150 units. Why did you guys choose that number? It was the price point that made sense for the investors that we have for what would have to be put brought into the project. Okay. Um, let's see, 150 units is a price point that you guys, is it just for Pittsburgh or is it, um, you guys are looking everywhere? Pittsburgh and surrounding counties. Makes sense. Cool, cool. And uh, so multifamily, are you guys doing other asset classes or is it just, just multifamily? You found your niche, you're going for it full bore. I think it's best to stick with what you know. Um, I know renovations and I know the residential market. So sticking with that, I don't know commercial. I have friends who do commercial and they tell me how great it is. You have a tenant for five years and you don't have to have all that turnover. But then I drive by an empty restaurant that's been sitting there vacant for 10 years and it just makes gives me heart palpitations. So uh, I, I don't have the stomach for commercial. So I'll stick yeah. with residential and renovations, not new construction. Yep. Yep. Makes sense. Yeah. Once you figure out a, a model, once you understand an asset, stick to it. You know, it's really, you really start to really get good at an asset, the more deals you do. And then you're able to buy better because you know what you're looking for. You know how to increase the value. Um, I like the model, I like where you guys are going. How do you guys uh, raise capital? Most of it's been people, uh, friends and family who have okay. worked with us for years. And they just, they get their money back and they, Come back in for the deal. <laughs> yeah, that's the beauty of once you make them money, they're like, "Hey, that worked. Let's do it again." Yeah, it's it's like, "Hey, do you have a, you have anything else? Do you have anything else around? We're looking. Hold on." <laughs> yep. And it's also, you know, it's a silver lining. Even if you worked in corporate for a long time, um, it's a silver lining for that because you met a lot of people in corporate who have money who are looking for investments. Um, and so there's always, you know, it doesn't matter what you're in. If you're in a situation that you don't like right at the moment, who cares? You know, in a couple of years, maybe what you learned in this situation, what you got in this situation is going to help you a few years down the line. So love to hear that. I just took a peek at the clock. It looks like we have run down our timer. So it's time to jump into the quick question round. Are you ready? Sure. All right, let's do it. 
starts with books or any form of educa- education, give me two recommendations, one for general life wisdom, one for real estate. Hmm. Well, real estate, obviously rich dad, poor dad. That's just the basics. Solid. General life, this is going to sound more like business, but I applied everything. Uh, it's called Manias, Panics, and Crashes by Robert Alber. Okay. It's a dry book, but it helps you see the cycles of life, not just in business, but when people get all crazy and manic about the latest trends, you just, you know, hey, walk away. And it'll help you in all aspects of life and business. Nice. Yeah. To kind of, uh, to ride the wave because people, yeah, you're right. People get, they get elated when it's going up, they get depressed when it's going down, but that is yep. the cycle. It goes yep. up and down. You got to accept it and stick right in the middle. And you know when it's coming too. Yep. Um, what, what was the title of the book again? It's called Manias, Panics and Crashes. Manias, so, Panics and Crashes. Yeah. Robert Alibar is the author. Nice. That sounds, uh, sounds like one I'd like to read. I read, uh, um, Ray Dalio, he just wrote that book. Mm-hmm. I forget the title, but it, it had that same idea just that over, you know, if you look at the yes. longer time frame, it's generally in a, in a positive direction, it's going up. But if you look at a shorter time frame, then it's always up and down and you just got to realize that it's always going to be up and down. <laughs> and so, yeah. uh, I like that. All right. Next question. This one is for your younger self. So let's go back to the gym who was still at Symantec, still doing whatever he was doing over in, in the corporate world. Go back to him, look him in the eye, give him one piece of advice moving forward. At that time, I was living in Los Angeles where real estate was expensive. So I didn't start buying for a while. If I had to tell myself what I know now, house hack. Get a duplex, do FHA. You don't need that big of a down payment. Do something, get in there, get started, have someone paying for your mortgage and it'll go from there. Yep. House hack is a great way to do it. Um, I also like the, for somebody that just wants to get in, especially if it's in a, in a tougher market, um, the model, I never did it. So I can, <laughs> I'm kind of being hypocritical here, but the model of, uh, of subleasing. So renting out a, a part, uh, you know, a house and then renting out individual rooms as a sublease. Right. I feel like that's a solid one. Um, good advice though. Next question is about your business. The first three positions you hire for, form the foundation of your business. So if you, what were the first three positions you hired and would you do it differently if you did it again today? I would not do it differently, but the first thing I did was hire contractors. So I started a construction company. I do have some construction background uh, in a Pittsburgh market. It's, it's tough. So pay them well, pay their healthcare and they know what to expect. And I can wash, rinse, repeat renovations with them. And I would do it all over again. There you go. I love it. All right. Next question is about the U.S. It's a big place. A lot of opportunity out there. Give me the metro you're most excited excited about investing in today. I presume you mean besides Pittsburgh. You know, you can uh, use Pittsburgh. I mean, your backyard, a lot of people, that is where they want to I, invest. And it's a good answer. So I'm not going to take that off the table. Pittsburgh has been fantastic for me. So this is where my focus is. I've looked at some other cities, but Pittsburgh keeps me busy with new projects. All right. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania it is. Next question is about finding deals. Every project starts with the acquisition. So how do you, what is your favorite way of finding good deals? I've built some long-term relationships. I've got some wholesalers and lenders that bring me deals. So I I get, I get deals without competition Mm -hmm. because of those relationships. 
that's not something you do starting out, obviously, but building building those relationships are really important for any investor so that you can get non-compete deals. Otherwise, it's a feeding frenzy out there right now. Yep. Relationships are key. Any business relationships are key, but in real estate specifically, relationships will get you farther. If uh, the more you have, the better they are and the farther you'll go. Absolutely. Next question is about mentors. We all stand on the shoulders of giants. So give me one mentor who contributed significantly to your career today. I have to come back to Robert Kiyosaki. It just changed my whole mindset. Yep. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That is a great book to really give you an outline on uh, why you should be investing in real estate. It's not going to tell you how to do it, but it's going to give mm-hmm. you motivation. It's going to tell you why you should be out there getting your first deal done. Um, so I love that. Good good uh, mentor to to call out. Brings us to the last question. This is for the listeners. You've given us a lot to think about. I'm sure people want to reach out, get in contact with you. What is the best way for them to do that? Pretty active on Facebook, or they can go to my website, springcapital.partners. Cool. Springcapital.partners. I like that. Dot partners. That's pretty cool. Um, I, I should buy a... <laughs> now my, my wheels are turning. I really do not like my URL because it's way too long. So I need to find a new URL. I might uh, I might take that idea. Um, but I will put that link in the show notes. So if y'all want to reach out to uh, to Jim, just go ahead and click the little more in the description. It'll pull down the full description and in there you can find his URLs. All right, Jim, that wraps it up. Thank you very much for hopping on the show. Thank you. It was a pleasure being here. Absolutely. For everybody who's here with us today, thank you guys for showing up. You are the reason we do this. So if you guys have any questions whatsoever, reach out to me, Gabe, at the real estate investing club.com. And if you guys want to support the show, all we ask is you give us a like, subscribe, share all that jazz. Other than that, hope you guys have a great week. Keep rocking real estate. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right, before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done, Go to the Real Estate Investing Club podcast at therealestateinvestingclub.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Click on the Invest With Us button. That'll pop up the investor form. Fill that out and we will reach back out to you as soon as we can. Or if you prefer a little bit more of a personal touch, you can reach out to me at gabe at therealestateinvestingclub.com. So really, that is it. Again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you guys during this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.